The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello, you're listening to Very Loose Women and today's episode is on ageing. I'd like to ask people... Do we feel old? Because I actually do feel old, and I don't know if that's a kind of symptom of working in a primary school, where I'm basically the oldest person <laughs> these people have ever met. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys feel old? Be my question. I sometimes feel old, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you feel old, and what, do you f- like, what does feeling old mean to you? Like, I, I feel old because I think, like, there's things already, there's missed opportunities, you know, or there's things, you know, it's too late for some things already, and that, to me, is being feeling old. I think I often confuse old and unfit so for example (laughs) after yoga I felt really unfit but then I thought maybe it's because I'm old there are some very fit old people though for me it's old and underachieving I feel like you can't under you can't overachieve there's a link there with age but I think like have you ever seen where there's this incredible like I don't know what it's called actually but it's basically like the elderly Olympics like it's like real real serious sporting events but everyone who competes is over like 60 or over a certain age, and they're just amazing. There's a really great series of photos from it as well. And my favourite one is this, like, I think it's a shot putter or maybe a javelin thrower, and her name is Sheila Champion. That's and, like, wonderful. I just think, what a great name for a sportswoman. But anyway, like, so, that you know, all people can be fit as well. Right, OK, so some quick-fire questions. First of all, we started Very Loose Women in 2007. How do you feel you've changed since then, Lucy? I like, uh... I feel like I'm a bit less naive... Okay, so for everyone else, quickfire means straight away. Emma? <laughs> my voice has gotten deeper. Peanut? I understand my strengths and weaknesses more. Great. That's what so were you job interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> what will you be like as an old person? Three words. We'll start with Emma. Well, I don't, no, I want to say something else, right? It's not going to Go be on. three words, but it just reminds me, when I was in secondary school, and I must have been about 13, so quite young, um, I remember this boy, Craig Freer, saying to me, sorry to name the name, but he's probably not listening. He said to me, I can just imagine you're going to be a really cool gran, which I think oh. is a really weird thing for one 13-year-old to it's, say to another. It's a backhanded compliment. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I, I guess it is. it's a full compliment. But so, yeah, I guess maybe cool gran. I remember saying for. to someone when I was about six, this person, our next-door neighbour, you must have been really pretty when you were younger. Which I, now I realise was not very tactful. But anyway, I that's guess that's awesome. quite nice in a way, though. I mm. mean, it's because she had a really nice bob haircut. She still does, you know, like fringe short hair. Oh, so that she's still yeah. very pretty. I, yeah, I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, yeah, she is still very pretty. Okay, which sexagenarians do you admire? It doesn't have to be a sexagenarian. It can just be in someone over fifty. I think anyone who's still in the public eye and older. Really? Yeah, and I know lots of um, non-famous people who are fantastic in their older age but I think there's something really fantastic about someone who still works when they don't have to so if you think about say I don't know TV presenters like Bruce Forsyth yeah I mean mm. I wouldn't say is, I was, is I'm is not he one of the ones fan. you most admire Lucy. I'm not a super Can fan we take him off the list? for pure <laughs> energy like that is there's something really impressive about that like just you know like the work ethic and I'm thinking more like people like I don't know um, David Attenborough that like passion mm. that you don't just do something and go all oh, right this is retirement age so I'm just going to stop you just you keep going like Richard Attenborough as well all the Attenboroughs any of the dames Oh, MGD, yeah. Dame, Dame Helen, or mm. Dames. Yeah. Close personal 
Dame friends. And what do you think will be the best decade for you? Obviously, we've only lived through our 10s and 20s to those new listeners. And the zeros. Uh, what, is that a thing? Zero to 10. Oh, I see. Your decades. Yeah. Well, we haven't lived through own... our 20s even then. Sure. We're yeah. living them right now. Yeah. I take issue with this whole thing of, like, what's the best? As if... You can divide yeah, them up. Yeah, right. I actually, I don't Question like the question, Peanut. Classic yeah, in three technique. Yeah. Interrogate um, the source. Yeah, reflect back. Um, I think I actually spoke to my parents about what's been the happiest time in their lives and they were like, that's absolute rubbish. We hate it when people look back at university and bang on about it or when they were younger or whatever. If you don't still think that the best is yet to come, what is the point of carrying on? And um, I like, can applaud your parents. That is a wonderful thing my to My dad say. said that hope. he's having the most fun now he's retired than he's ever had. Well, I know my mum said to me that like her thirties were her happiest. I think in terms of she had me when she was thirty, so that was exciting having a little baby girl, and she was loving that. And I think she just—I don't know—I think that people do often say that your thirties are kind of the best in terms of you know people enjoy their twenties and they're really fun, but they're also a time of being like quite kind of I don't know you're not really sure who you are you're not sure what you're doing you're quite like self-critical and I think people maybe I mean I don't know obviously we don't know yet but I feel like that's what people often say but like you kind of become more comfortable with yourself in your 30s and you kind of you know are happy with who you are so I'm hoping fingers crossed for the 30s guys because I'm, I'm finding the 20s pretty shit I'm not I'm not loving 20s and I've always wanted to be 30 and I've pictured myself in my flat with my amazing job and my amazing partner and all my amazing friends and having loads of money and that I always thought like that would be you know when everything kind of falls into place which is really stupid but I think like as you get to that point you start like by the time you're 30 a lot of things have kind of settled a little bit like hopefully you've realize what you actually want to do which is a big part of the battle is there an old person you think you'll be like should i stop saying old? is that offensive me saying old person but i think the thing is also because we're talking about you know when i said like do we feel old i think i don't really know what old means yeah like i feel old now, now but like you know okay, an old person older. is probably someone who's like 80 you know an older person what kind say. of older person they could be 28 but also i always wonder this do you ever get to the point where you stop thinking Yes. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> right now. Well, you stop thinking, like, uh, three years ago, I was such a dick. Like, when you're 75, do you think, oh. When I was 72. I was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you still have that That's feeling? That's interesting. Like, every That's five years, you look back you and you couldn't do I think, yeah, maybe there's a whole section that's basically all the same. Like, maybe, yeah, like, 40 I to 70 is basically all pretty much the same. Do you think? No, think no. Because, like, um, my, my dad talks about young people, and he means people in their late 40s. And he's like, well, you know, young people, they're just finding out about what it's like to have kids. Like, they will... And I suppose you can still be a bad grandparent and five years later go, oh, God, I can't remember the time that I really buggered that one up. I've never been to a PTA meeting before. Like, you're still learning new things, aren't you? The grandparents go to PTA meetings? They might do. If they're a carer. And some grandparents have to suddenly do all this stuff all over again and, like, take on a new role and maybe, like, get a new job and sometimes you lose your partner and you, like, have to have this whole new life. It's true, but I think maybe your character is kind of mainly settled at some point. Or do you Mm. think... You know, like, how you say, oh, when I was 17, I was a dick because, like, you're quite different now. You know, quite a lot changes over from, like, 17 to But I think also adolescence... They, they're less empathetic so they are generally more dickish yeah sure but mm. so maybe like yeah, but by I you know by certain point even, even three years ago I think oh. I think you know last week I'm like <laughs> oh I can't believe I did this thing last today. week today yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I was fine today I five think but ago. last week I'm not sure what I was doing time lapse it's just, yeah, <laughs> I've oh, got gosh. a great great thing from my dad uh, who said that 
at 26, you have to project yourself intelligently into the future. And he says that he completely failed at that. So I don't know if I'm doing that. How do you do what that? What does he mean? He means like making a life plan. And he said the mm. only way to save yourself from all of these influences that we're under that we're not aware of, for example, parental influence, influences, things like that, is to just find a passion and run with it. Mm. But is that a parental influence because your dad told you that? Well, exactly. Oh, it's a paradox. I don't know what to do now. He says at 69 years old, he's still being run by his... Dig- well, he's being run by his digestive system. That's his main source of influence. But I think saying something like find a passion and run with it, again, it's like when we talked about creativity, that's, mm. I feel like that's quite a lot of pressure. It's very Not everyone has a yeah. passion. Yeah. Some people like lots of things. They also like true. a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, or, that is true. I don't know. I think it's... Um, the nature of old age, I think, has changed a lot. Like, 50 years ago, you were old if you were 60. Mm. And now if you're 60, you're probably entering into, like, a golden year of being very physically active. And you're old if you're 80. And that's, like, a massive step change. You've got such a longer period of time to do creative things when you're older. So that's why you have, like, senior citizen as a tag, because people who are 40, 60, don't see themselves as being, like, an 80-year-old. But I also think we need to be aware of taking it for granted that we're going to reach... A very elderly age. Actually, yeah. we, today we, there was an article in Vice that said, like, don't save money, just spend it all because you might die. Which, that is so good because yeah. that was, yeah, when I kind of, we were going to talk about are we looking forward to being old and we're, what we were afraid of. And what I was actually thinking was I don't make any money really, like, you know, enough to get by kind of amount. And I was thinking, like, that's fine, that is great because I'm doing things that I like doing. But then I was kind of thinking it's going to get to a point where I can't work anymore and I'm not going to have any money saved. That's my big fear. Mm. But now Vice is telling me to spend all my money. That's yeah. perfect. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Well, they, it ma- they said it makes economic or gambling sense. What's the one? Statistical sense. Mm. No, I don't know. I think I'm scared of being old, poor and alone. So like those two things kind of go together, like living in you know, a house where you can't heat it, so you're stuck in one room, not having people visit you. Like, And just I think your physical but aren't decline. But you, are you worried about being young, poor and alone? No, because when you're young, you can, um, like, you find ways to do stuff. Like, you're much, yeah, like... Can't you, you could, do that when you're old, though? Like, my mum met her partner work, when she was, work. like, in her 60s online. Like, she found someone. And actually, there's something quite moving. At the end of what my stepdad wrote, he said that he likes spending time with my mother. I, I haven't got the exact thing in front of me, but it was, it's really lovely. Like, you know, you can fall in love at any age. It doesn't really matter. But your parents... Are your like mum and stepdad aren't elderly and in like they're not elderly and frail? No, like, there's not. a difference. They're an age where they can make that decision and like connect with people. If you are literally housebound and you know you can't do anything, like that's what. So I'm you're scared more about. afraid of the degenerative illness than you are of and the isolation than being you are the, of actually yeah. being elderly. Being the woman on the street who it. you can see barely able to walk, lugging a little bag of yeah, but you're making a lot of food. assumptions about the woman on the street. She might be perfectly cheerful. She might be. But I know that loneliness for older people is a huge, huge problem in the UK because so many people mm. live on their own. And but communities don't oh, look after their elderly people. I was thinking about house shares for older people. I was just thinking about that because I think that's kind of got in vogue. Is that it? Yeah, like the Golden home. Girls. No, like sharing houses, like like kind of flat sharing, but with older people. I think we'll be doing that. <laughs> My cousin's doing it. 
She's like middle aged, but mm. she's made a plan with her friend when they retire, they're buying a house together. I think that's nice. It's fun as well. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Surely yeah. it saves money and it's, you get to hang out with your friends. Mm. Yeah, totally. And if I you don't have win. that saving safety net, and that type of thing. I mean, going into like a care home and stuff like that is something else that I'm worried about. And it's much less likely if you have those people around you to look after you. So is anyone looking forward to getting old? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to because I feel like I said earlier like I'm worried about underachievement all the time and I feel like once I get to 60 like there won't there won't be much I can really do like obviously I can do loads but I won't have that thing like I've got to succeed in my 30s which is what is in my head right now I'm not sure what I have to succeed at but I know I have to do something but yeah and it's 60 I feel like it's just like I found what makes me happy and I've just got to carry on doing that I but think it, you need to work out what you think success is before you. Well, that's the thing. I think define the terms. Yeah, I think people really think they haven't achieved anything when they have. I think people are very like find it very difficult to see their own achievements. Like I was talking to someone else about this, and they were like, "Oh, what have I really achieved since university?" And I kind of said, "Well, you've had this great job. Like you've done really well in it. Yeah, maybe you're not enjoying it right now, but you know the fact that even you've had a job for three years in the same place, I think that's an achievement." Like, you know, I think a lot of things are achievements that like you can support yourself. That's an achievement. Finishing university, that's an achievement. Like, those are all achievements that you could see so- on someone else, but you can't really see on yourself. I also think we have slightly inflated perceptions of success because we're constantly bombarded with hyper success, which makes us think that you haven't really, you haven't really achieved anything until everyone in the world knows it. But actually, that's, that's not really success. Until you're like a 12 year old. Yeah, unless you're like a 12 year old who can speak 15 Bieber. languages and has four albums out. Yeah. But like, that's not. But there are so many people who, who peaked late, Lily, yeah. who achieved late in their lives. And I got really interested in this late peaking idea. And um, I don't know. Um, I'm worried about late peaking because I've listened to this podcast about Agatha Christie. And she, so she wrote all her life. There, I am going somewhere with this. So she, <laughs> she, she wrote loads. And then in her later novels, um, they, they did this statistical analysis of the words in her books. And the number of words that she uses reduces and reduces. Yeah. She's got, I think... They, they're trying to say through that she's got some kind of ageing problem, like some kind of mental they disability. They did this for Iris Murdoch as well, mm. and that's yeah, how they realised that she had um, Alzheimer's or dementia. They did the same for Agatha Christie, yeah. yeah. And and they said like um, that she would replace a lot of words with thing instead of saying, say, elephant. They'd say She'd say thing because she can't think of that word. And that really worries me. But then there are writers who have bloomed very late and who are excellent writers. So one was... Um, my flatmate told me about Penelope Fitzgerald who started writing very late I think Harper Lee as well I feel like Harper you know To Kill a Mockingbird I'm sure that she wrote that quite late in her life as mm. well so there's, yeah. there's time but yet. there's hope and who cares if, if they have small vocabulary their vocabularies you're still writing novels I think also it's the balance between like pure intellectual capabilities of like say knowing loads of words and being able to analyse them and be very clever balancing that with the wisdom you get from older age and your perceptiveness Have any of your parents said that you get wiser with age? Do you actually get wiser? No, I think that they've actually said well, I think they've just said things like you know, I don't know, in terms of like um, like heartbreak or something like that, you know none of these things get any easier, like Mm. you think they do but they don't, so yeah, yeah. I don't think so. They haven't provided me with any benefits so far of being old. Because I, I spent I spent a lot of today looking at those letters to your former selves, and they're not very helpful. Like they're <laughs> they're always very like based on what that person. So Hugh Jackman's one, for example. He's just like 
Sorry, oh. where was this article? It was on The Guardian, actually. Okay. It was kind of like, take it as it comes, and it's fine. And then, like, there's another one that was like, D- uh, Stephen King's Don't Be a Drug Addict. They really, they weren't, be, they weren't very helpful. They're all successful people, though. Like, I'd be interested to see someone who thinks, like, they haven't quite done what they've wanted to do, and they can see a point at which they made a wrong decision. Like, I was thinking, you know, if I was going to write... If I could, like, interact with my older self, like, what would I want to kind of... Say and I'd like to think that I wouldn't, you know, abandon what I wanted to do and do something that I didn't like and stop but seeing my friends. I think it's very easy to say that. But actually, I also think you do whatever you think is the best decision along a whole range of rational criteria at yeah. the time you make a call. It's very easy to look back on your on your last, however, 20 years or 50 years if you've got them, or 70 years if you've got them, and say, well, if I'd done that differently, then this would have come of it. Well, you don't know that for a start. Like, I think it, you're much better off to credit the things that you, the decisions you made as good decisions at the time, and trust that you were well, not a rational person. Not even good person. decisions, like even making decisions. I find yeah, that so bad to go to something. This is the point. Like, you, you know, if you could know the exact direction your life wouldn't take, it wouldn't be much of a life anyway. Mm. And it would yeah. be much easier to make decisions. And it's but in <laughs> terms of that, difficult. you were talking about plans, Peanut. Do you, Lucy and Emma, do you have plans? Have you made out plans for the future? Do you, no. Do you have like certain priorities? Hugh Jackman's one I thought was interesting for that reason that he was like write down five things that you like doing and five things that you're good at and just keep that list on you all the time which I thought was quite a nice, if a little obsessive thing to do. Maybe a little impractical. <laughs> yeah. Although maybe not in the age of smartphones, you can just tap it out. Get it tattooed it on you? Then it's well, always no, with you. It, he said it changes all the time. Oh, yeah. so it's a different list all the time. So that's a very fickle list then. Today <laughs> I'm going to put cheese and cows. Tomorrow. Che- but cheese are cheese and cows things that you're good at? or are they <laughs> Things I like. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Um, oh, you do like cheese. I don't Lisa really like have cheese. any plans. As I say, my main plan is to not yeah not be impoverished when i'm old but that's not really a plan um it's just a hope yeah that i won't be i don't have any plans i don't like making plans i don't like planning things more than like a week in advance i'm working and like in a supply agency at the moment and it really freaked me out when they booked me in for five weeks in the same school without my permission i don't like that do you find that you panic more or less than you did five years ago about your future. I don't. I don't think about the future. <laughs> you don't so panic. I can't panic. I panic all the time about stuff, but I panic about the present. I would say I have aspirations more than plans, and have vague ideas of things that I might one day want to do, like produce a child. But I have no set idea about when or how that might come about. I can tell well, you I'm how, Lucy. I'm going to explain that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was um, about sort of the physical aspects of aging. So I was told today one theory is that the cosmetics industry is based around this fear of death and the, like, wrinkle cream and dyeing your hair and all of that is based around a desire to fight that image. I think maybe that's a bit reductive, but... Well, it's certainly to appear youthful. What do you mean? What appear... Like a youth? Oh, youthful. I had useful. I was like, useful for what? <laughs> useful for soft skin. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there, there are elements of that, but I don't know. I, I don't think... get that freaked out with grey hairs, for example. Oh, just on the cosmetics industry point, I think um, it's more about... It's, I think it says more about what society values, probably, like in our massive bias towards young youthfulness. Youth is seen as being very dynamic and innovative and, you know young people more likely to be involved in technology and all these exciting things but people kind of forget how exciting kind of older people can be as well and the talents that they have and the value that m- most 
societies once placed on older people. Yeah. Is that a myth or is that true? No, that's completely true. Like, just respect-wise. But also people didn't live as long. And I think that now people... I don't know. All people seem feel like probably more of a burden mm. because they're living so long and do end up kind of degenerating. You know, like when, yeah. when you have things like dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff, and you have to look after them, then they do feel like a burden more than someone that you kind of respect and look up to, which is really sad. But but what about true. like so? There's there's there are shifts in thinking. Like there's I'd say racism is more prevalent among people who are over eighty than people who are under twenty just because there's been a societal shift and, like, um, there are change in values. For me, it's quite hard to respect someone who's racist. But I example. think that's... Not all people... Like, like, yeah, all not people all... Obviously, though. not all, all people are racist. But at some point... So, like, if you think about our parents, well, I don't know, they're sort of similar ages, like being baby boomers or a bit younger, like, you know, people who are young in the 60s, that's generation that people have seen as been very cool and exciting and doing like artistically very interesting who've got these new values that completely counteract everything else and they're getting to the point now where they're becoming older people and it, to a certain extent some of their, their values are going to go completely out of fashion things like you know like owning houses and sending your kids to private school like whatever it is like those types of people change with as they get older but new people coming up are always going to feel that they're very different to the older generation that's just how it goes but you forget that they were very young and they were troublemakers at one point and instigators as well definitely troublemakers in terms of my parents um so one the final point is about postmenopausal sex so the nhs website something we're, something we're all very familiar with yes <laughs> all of that sex we've had after our menopauses um a survey suggests that 84 percent of menopausal women find sex painful in the survey nearly 70 percent said they rela- their relationship has suffered as a result question so, yeah what percentage of non-menopausal women find sex painful oh uh, yeah i don't have that statistic under my nose STD um, instance rates are the highest in the over 50s, I think it is. Oh, really? Because basically all these middle-aged people who've got divorced and never used condoms in the... Do you mean transmission rates? Uh, No, it's fastest growing. Okay. Fastest growing is what I mean. But because they culturally didn't feel that they had to use condoms when they were younger and they've been in these long-term monogamous relationships they're all now internet dating and naively where's all the venereal disease come from with these monogamous relationships they've been in giving each other kind of stds and spreading around so like clearly lots of older people are really enjoying sex well they're having sex but are they enjoying it sounds like no (laughs) from lily's the point is that's one nhs website when your estrogen level falls your your vagina we're talking about dryness yeah (laughs) you get like vaginal atrophy and you you have to get additional lubrication but I feel like this isn't something that any of us can talk about with any but, you real know, authority. There is a really good question that here that I wanted that to that ask for one second, which was just like something that Lily asked, which was why do people think all people are cute? And that is mm. really interesting, isn't it? Like, what mm. is it about? Like, it is kind of I don't know, Harmless. a bit patch, but a bit patronising, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Think, like, this is a person who has an amazing life, done all these things or whatever, and now like, oh, they're still doing cool stuff, but because they're kind of little and they have grey hair, oh, it's so cute that you know, like even what I was saying before, maybe, mm. oh, it's so cute they're doing the like old people Olympics. Like, I guess it's like something harmless about them because they're f- more frail, so they, that's more cute. Is it like yeah. babies? You know how babies yeah. like look really cute to us because of the big eyes and stuff, and maybe old people a bit smaller. 
Is it like actually something physically that looks cute? And innocence. Like I think. I, I always um, think of some of the people that I've known who've described older people as regressing back to childhood and with that mental degeneration that you sometimes get becoming quite babyish and I think people see that and pick up on it like the idea of care is obviously so linked to childhood it's a bit of a taboo that you might need someone to look after you in that way and people think like because someone's physically needing help to get up and things therefore mentally they're like a child too so I think maybe that's where it comes from like that kind of childlike quality and thinking someone's harmless so, and vulnerable as well yeah uh, just coming up next though we're going to read some special things that were emailed to us um, you'll work it out as um, I read it upside the menopause after the hot flushes leave you in peace is undoubtedly the best thing to happen in womanhood downside dwindling financial resources upside having boobs downside losing sight of the exact geographical location of one's waistline upside increased vulnerability to overeating and overdrinking, as well as difficulty to recover downside sometimes feeling a stranger to the world of the younger generation downside wrinkles and double chins to contend with upside eyesight's still good enough to read plus upside the continuing to learn downside eyesight's still good enough to read but fall asleep upside taking time to be open downside to no more babies the ability experience gives to look downside, lost naivety about human downside, declining physical strength and resistance. Upside, due to the shock of white hair, male thirty something offer their seat in the downside, metro. Male thirty something offer their seat in the metro due to shock of white hair. Upside, a mature sense of humour. Upside, the ability to be patient, all things downside, worrying about one's health and eventual death. Personal message. Avoid violent sports, the sun, and casual sex. So that was um, a range of advice, upsides and downsides, from my mother, thank you, and my um, stepdad. So thank you to you both. Um, I'm listening to Time Lapse by Michael Nyman. I actually right. feel like that movie was almost an, an exercise in how it feels to slightly lose your mind. That's all we've got time for for today. Um, so coming up... Uh, the next song is Emmy the Great, 24, about her 24th birthday, and also watching the series, 24. So that's bye from me. Bye. bye. You are watching a programme for exactly an hour. All of these hours, they will add up to a day. You will sit there till they're done. Now there are 24 to play.